When they reached a fork in the trail, Frank and Raoul shook hands and wished each other luck. As was their custom, they promised to remain in their respective blinds until noon. That way they wouldn't scare off the deer for each other. They went their separate ways carrying flashlights. Dropping his bow and arrow, Frank set about building his blind. He had done it so many times it was almost second nature to him. He gathered branches, hammered them into the soft earth, and crossed them with a thick stick for support. He added some beech limbs to help confuse the eyes of the deer. Their pear-shaped leaves created a perfect camouflage. He finished his work using small twigs, leaves, and greenery. Frank built his blind facing north so he'd remain in the shadows when the sun rose. A fallen tree was at his back. He eased himself into the blind, setting himself in his chair, and switched off his flashlight, assuming Raoul was doing likewise in his blind. He had time to relax. He sat in thought, occasionally drifting off to sleep as he awaited the pale glint of dawn. At 5.45 a.m., Damian, Sebastian, Jose, and Elias pulled up and parked next to Frank's jeep. Damian was dressed for guerrilla combat in camouflage shirt and pants. His face was covered in grease paint. Sebastian, Elias, and Jose wore camouflage shirts and jeans, but had forgotten the grease paint. They all carried flashlights. Damian got out of the car and began to jog up the hill. He felt invigorated, easily making the run. This was the first time in his life he had experienced crisp autumn air, and he was surprised at how refreshing it felt. He was making good time, and he assumed his companions were not far behind. Red in the face and sweating, Jose, Elias, and Sebastian slowed their pace. It had been a long time since any of them had exercised. Panting like a golden retriever, Sebastian stopped and leaned against a tree. He needed water. Sensing no movement behind him, Damian stopped and turned around. His patience had long since been exhausted. He retraced his steps, threw Sebastian a canteen, and swore profusely. Damn you, what a bunch of amateurs. We've just begun this operation and you can't keep up. You're already complaining. Next you'll be squabbling amongst yourselves. At this rate we'll never accomplish our mission. Sebastian grunted and slid his body down the trunk of the tree. He sat in a mound of leaves. Give me a minute, will you? One minute, that's it, spat Damian. A short while later, the men were on the move. Guessing Frank's location, Damian told the operatives to stop at a clearing. It was still dark. He put his finger to his lips, signaling quiet. Turn off your flashlights and don't smoke, he said, in a voice that was barely a whisper. We don't want to disclose our location. The men sat and waited, not knowing they were only a hundred yards from Frank's blind. At 6 a.m., Lazo, Javier, and Curro pulled into the parking lot and extinguished their engine. Seeing Franks and the Cuban operatives' vehicles, they scanned the area until they saw a flash of light in the distance. The light flickered and bounced off the leaves before it winked out. Lazo turned to Curro, excited. It must be the Cuban operatives. I'll trail them while you call Augustine for reinforcements. We still have time. Nothing will happen until daybreak. Tell them to get here as soon as possible. On it said Curro. Lazo and Javier started up the mountain while Curro phoned Augustine from the parking lot. Curro informed Augustine that the mission was on and that all the parties had arrived. Glad to hear it, said Augustine. Reinforcements are on their way.
Forty-five minutes later, Augustine and three members of Alpha 66 arrived to join Lazo, Curro, and Javier. Lazo was happy to have such able men on his side. They climbed the hill to the vicinity of the Cuban operatives and prepared themselves for a fight. Everyone was ready. Everyone was in place. Everyone knew something momentous was about to transpire. Except Frank.